Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Thank you for joining me, Eric Francis, at the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, as they just told you. We do this every week, Mondays from 2 to 3 o'clock. It's a magazine-style show. We usually have two guests, one at the first half hour. And today that guest is Cassie Campbell. She's going to help me go through some of the news of the day. We've got ads on jerseys now in the NHL starting to trickle in. Flames have another player they brought in. Well, the first player they brought in on a PTO. Evan Rodriguez, who the Flames had been talking to about signing. He signed with Colorado. We'll go through all that. And in the second half hour, we've got Milan Lucic, who will talk to us about a number of things, including the buzz at camp right now in their informal skates. His summer, he was all over Europe. And, uh, of course, his reaction to all the moves that the Calgary Flames had in the offseason. But let's start with my good friend Cassie Campbell. You know her from Sportsnet. Uh, thanks, Cass, for joining me. I appreciate it. No problem, Eric. How are you? I'm excellent. I assume you got a whole lot of golf in this summer, or am I wrong? I did. You know, I actually took a lot of time off. I took the playoffs off last year, and I took my summer off, and it was much needed and well-deserved, in my opinion. And I honestly have golfed the most this summer I've golfed since when I played. You know, we train in the morning, skate, train, and then I go play all the time. But um, And then you have kids and a child, and you kind of put that on hiatus for a little bit. But, yeah, I golfed a ton this summer. It was so much fun at Bears Paw predominantly. And, yeah, we had a good summer. Good for you. So is this kind of the first um, sign of work you've had so far uh, this season? Yeah, I'm sorry I just, about that. You know what, I is. actually went online. I went online today for the first time and started doing some research <laughs> on teams. Um, you know, it, like I kind of start about this time of year, about a week after back to school, and then I start kind of really digging into things. So, um, yeah, no, I, I just started today, and you probably pushed me a little bit to do that. So it was good. Sorry about that. I'm I'm assuming you heard about some of the moves the Flames made in the summer. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Just a little. We'll, we'll yeah. get into that. But I want to start with the, the news. Uh, I guess it was late last night. Calgary Flames announced that Cody Eakin will be joining the team on a PTO. Um, speaking to some people in the know today, it sounds like there are more PTOs coming. Uh, with an, also an explanation and a reminder that just because we bring someone in for a PTO doesn't mean we're going to sign them. Or, or are we necessarily you know, looking to sign them. Sometimes we bring in veterans for, so that we have uh, veterans for the, the preseason games and to push uh, competition and all that. But your thoughts on Cody Eakin and him coming to camp? Yeah, you know, I think, too, you're always looking to make your team better. And, you know, he's a guy that potentially can do that. You know, we, we saw the depth that they added down the middle and he's a good face-off guy. And, and as we all know, Daryl Sutter prefers veterans and he's a veteran guy. And, um, you know, just ha- just a solid two-way player. You know, maybe didn't put up the offensive numbers that everyone predicted at the start of his career that he would, but he's been a solid two-way guy and, and someone you can rely on in the defensive zone and gives you some more depth there. And, and I think, too, it just gives you some flexibility. You mentioned it, you know, going through the preseason, you don't have to maybe play all your key veterans as much when you have a guy like that. Uh, he gives you some flexibility if there's a move that potentially comes up, that he's a guy that if you sign him, he could be within it, or he could, if it's another piece, then he can fill that spot. So I think from a general manager's perspective, it, it you know, you want to make your team better and, and it gives you some flexibility in so many different areas. 
he's 31 years of age. He's just coming off a $2.3 million contract and, uh, and finds himself in this position where he's basically scratching and clawing for another chance. You know, that's going to be a hungry player. I wonder, you know, your thoughts. And, and I think a lot of Flames fans thought is, you know, the Flames signed Kevin Rooney uh, right at the beginning of free agency, $1.3 million a year. He's a 29-year-old centerman predominantly. But he can play left wing and right wing. Uh, does that have any bearing in it in your mind? Is it just, hey, let's just bring as much talent as we can in and create uh, competition in camp? Or is there the possibility of looking at this saying, well, maybe we can play Rooney on one of the wings? Well, it gives you options, right? And and I think from a coaching standpoint, that's what you want is just options. So when you're, you know, in your coach's room with your coaches, you're, you know, moving chips around and how is it going to look? And, you know, to have more versatile players in your lineup, I think always helps and um, again, it just kind of gives Daryl Sutter options, which I'm, I'm sure he's looking for. And, you know, I still think they're, they're trying to tinker with that, those depth roles, that third, fourth line and, um, trying to see what the best possibilities are there. And I think that's something that I don't want to say a weakness, but it, you know, it's definitely something that they need to tinker with and can tinker with. And I think Cody can just bring in that veteran presence and, you know, having Rooney come in and, and be able to play both sides and play center, you know, it's it's just a bonus in that regard, and and uh, Cody can probably maybe a little bit more of a an upgrade as far as a veteran presence when it comes to Rooney. So we'll see how it all goes out. But again, it's it's just about Daryl having more options, which every coach in the league wants. So where does this leave Adam Rzichka? Everybody wants to know. I mean, he's unsigned. He's an RFA with the Flames, and a lot of people are connecting dots here and say, well, this this could be the end for him, or it's obviously not a good sign. Uh, in your mind, where does this leave Rosicka? You know, he's in a battle. And I think that's something that he has to, you know, if they get him signed and he's able to move forward in a, in a Flames jersey, he's in a battle. And that's the way he's got to approach it as a young player. And he's had a taste of it. Um, and it didn't maybe work out the way he wanted to and, and was sent down to be a part of the AHL playoffs. And, you know, he has to come in and earn his spot just like everybody else. And, and I think that when you get an opportunity like he has and you're a skilled guy like he has, I'm sure there's some feelings internally on his part that he's an NHL player. And I'm sure there was some disappointment when that wasn't really a, a reality after the playoffs ended and throughout the playoffs. So, you know, there's, there's a ton of talent there. He's a big guy. You know, again, he, he becomes potentially another asset for the Flames as well. And by no means am I saying they're they're going to trade him. I don't want to start any rumors. But again, <laughs> you know, you're adding depth down the middle and you seem to have a lot of depth down the middle. But I think this is a guy that the organization still wants to give, you know, plenty of opportunity to. But he has to want it and decide if he wants to be an everyday regular NHL player. Apologies for the... Uh... For the error there, we're back online. Cassie, you're still there, I know. Uh, I'm not sure. Are you golfing in the mountains somewhere doing the <laughs> show, or what's going on? <laughs> Cassie, you and I have golfed before, and you know that that's a very real possibility. But no, this time I'm actually in my office, and uh, and we've had some problems with the uh, with the hookups here. So I don't know where I got cut off. I was talking about Nick Suzuki. Is that where, as far as you heard me? So uh, we finished at Rosicka, and then you, uh, you, I lost you. So I'm not sure. And, you might as well start that whole Suzuki thing again. Yeah. So ads on jerseys. Nick Suzuki, uh, named captain of the Montreal Canadiens today, and uh, the bigger news coming out of Montreal, in my opinion, is is the fact that they unveiled their jersey this year, their iconic jersey, 
it's got an ad on it, a little RBC logo in uh, the opposite corner from where you'd put that C. And uh, I, I want to know your thoughts on ads on jerseys because I know fans have very strong opinions on it. You know, I, I think we just got to get used to it. You know, I have a little bit of tradition in me, and especially when it comes to those original six jerseys, you like them to be as is, but I think we just got to get used to it. It's the reality. You know, we've seen it in Europe for years and years and years, and hopefully it doesn't get to that point where, yeah. you know, the circles are completely colored in with an advertisement and you know, <laughs> pants and all that stuff. But I think just get used to it. We saw it on the helmets recently so that, you know, naming rights of building sponsors could get that additional revenue that they, or that additional gain, if you will, that they lost uh, during COVID and, and I hope it keeps to just one patch. You know, I'm, I'm okay with just the one patch like we see with the Montreal jersey, but I'm just hoping it doesn't get a little bit more ridiculous than that. And, and I just think we, we got to get used to it. This is a business, and they're trying to bring back revenue that was lost during COVID. And um, so it, it's a reality, and I think we're going to start to see it on, on all the jerseys moving forward. And, and, yeah, and I think you're right. We all agree that, what's happened in Europe is obviously way out of control, but I mean, they have a totally different economic, uh, you know, plan for their teams. And it's just a very different situation. We've got names and logos on everything, as you alluded to, uh, including, you know, broadcasts, uh, everything that you can imagine, there are logos on it. Why do you think it is people are so dead against putting it on the Jersey? It just seems like that last sacred cow. Is that why? Well, I think you said it. It's that sacred thing that you can buy, that you become part of the team. And and it, I also think because we're seeing it come from Montreal today, arguably one mm-hmm. of the most iconic jerseys in the game, you know, I think anytime you see a change of an original six jersey, it, it just kind of shocks everyone. And it just shows that, you know, the game has changed and, and we're going in a different direction. And I think change is always a little tough for, for those of us that are, you know, still on that little traditional side of the game. And um, but this is a reality, and it's going to be a huge income maker for the NHL and, and for the NHL clubs. And, um, and and there's still clubs out there that, you know, struggle, even ones in Canada that still struggle. And um, we, you know, I think they're just trying to bring parity across the board from an economic standpoint to help all the teams, all 32. And, um, you know, you have low-budget teams, you have high-budget teams, and I think this is just a, ra- a reality to bring as much revenue as possible into the business. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a jolt. I get it. And uh, you'll start to see them rolled out, you know, on teams around the league and probably including Calgary very soon. The, the funny thing somebody said to me today was, what a missed opportunity for the Bank of Montreal uh, to not get, get a jersey on the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, RBC obviously paid the highest dollar and uh, – they're a huge supporter of so many things in our uh, Canadian sporting spectrum, as you know. Yeah. So I, I so know good, a lot of people are too are struggling with the betting, the betting sponsors and the intermissions yeah. and how much betting is being pushed, you know, towards them. And, and, you know, a lot of the feedback that I get at times is just, you know, our children are watching the game. And so are mm-hmm. we teaching them about betting? And, you know, I, I think at times it's come across a little cheesy on some different networks and some different platforms. I think, Generally, we could probably do a better job of how we, we do it and present it. But, you know, I, I would have more concern on that side of things than, you know, just an RBC sponsor or Scotiabank. I work for Scotiabank, so I should give them a plug. But, um, 
you know, I, I think a lot of people are starting to get concerned what type of sponsors are going to be on these jerseys, you know, mm-hmm. and um, is it the more, you know, classier or traditional organization um, like we're starting to see or, you know, is what's it going to be? And I think that's the scariest part of what kind of companies are going to be represented on these jerseys and they need to be reputable. They need to have good tradition and a good standing in the communities. I think for, for people to understand, you know, why it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to see cannabis companies, you know, on the jerseys or anything like that, even though you're going to see them on the broadcast and some other things. Um, it's just the reality we're dealing with right now. I, I, I agree. Uh, she's Cassie Campbell. I'm Eric Francis. It's the Eric Francis show. We do this every Monday from two to three. Uh, joining us at the bottom of the hour will be Milan Lucic to talk about his summer and uh, and the, the season ahead. Uh, I want to talk to you about Evan Rodriguez. Uh, that was a signing the, the Colorado Avalanche uh, made today. One year, $2 million, a massive discount for a player with a very high upside, probably going to be a second-line center replacing Kadri in uh, in Colorado. Your thoughts on, on, on potentially a missed opportunity opportunity because i know he was connected to the flames i know they had interest and your thoughts on on the type of player he is you know you know complete all-around player one of those guys that's versatile like we were talking about earlier before and and i i don't know if it if it was so much him saying you know picking and choosing where he wanted to go or how much you know the cap of the two million dollar hit was a factor and potentially for things to come you know here in calgary but um, you know, just one of those players that I think you definitely would fit within what they're trying to do here as far as bringing in some versatility, you know, making that bottom six be stronger. Obviously, with Kadri here, he, he wouldn't fit into that one-two, but, um, you know, he could be definitely in the bottom six and, and maybe sneak up to that second line throughout the season. So, you know, maybe a missed opportunity, but from a cap standpoint, might have been a little bit steep compared to what you wanted to to pay for a guy that – as it sits right now, most likely would have sat near your bottom six. So, you know, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens in the, the future. But, um, you know, definitely one of those guys that you have on your list and, and you, you try to get him and it doesn't work out and he goes to another team and you just move on and, and just continue to make your team better another way. Okay, let's get to the season the Calgary Flames or the offseason the Calgary Flames had. Uh, so many words used to describe uh, the miraculous turn turn of fate, I guess you could call it. How, how would you describe that the summer that the Calgary Flames just had? Roller coaster, emotional, turbulent, you know, people wondering <laughs> if they're going to lose their jobs, uh, you know, I'm sure just, you know, disappointing at the start, right? You, you, you lose two key guys, you know, especially with the Johnny news. I think that was the one that hit the hardest obviously originally and and you felt like you'd given him a good offer and it goes right down to the last minute and you end up getting nothing for the asset um and internally i can tell you and i I think i'm not out of turn sharing this it it was tough it was a big blow right you're you're Mm -hmm. like okay well what's next how do we regroup and i think that was the important thing that happened internally you have to park it You, you can't sit and dwell on that situation as it happened you got to move forward. And, you know, you hear Brad Living talk about it all the time, but I can tell you behind the scenes, that's what really happened. It was sort of a, a raw, raw speech behind the scenes. All right, guys, like we can't sit here and dwell on this. We got to move forward. And then to do what he did with Matthew Kachuk and, and good on Matthew for seeing kind of what happened with the whole Johnny Gaudreau situation and how it 
You know, he earned his right to make his decision completely. That's what Johnny Gaudreau earned. But to, to give the, the, the Flames as much notice as possible soon thereafter, I think was good on his part. But when you're in a situation where every team knows that you have to trade this guy and to pull off what Brad Living did, and then not only Huberto and Uyghur, and, and but you get that first-round pick that helps you get rid of some cap space and Sean Monaghan, who is one of my favorite guys and one of my favorite players, you know, as a former Flame. You know, I know he played through some injuries, but just a quality, quality person. And honestly, it, it living it personally, because my husband comes home from the rink, it was a complete roller coaster where you're, you know, you feel like you're down and out. You've just, you know, been KO'd in a boxing match. And then all of a sudden you're back on a high again. And, you know, that's what you have to manage. I think from a management perspective is your emotion and, and how you go about things. And um, you really can't stay low for too long and you can't stay high for too long. Like a lot of teams right now think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. The Flames should be one of those ones that feels that way. But lots of things can happen between now and then. Lots of moves could be made. Lots of, you know, knock on wood things can happen. And, and so you just got to stay even keel. And I think that's what Brad Sherliving did with this Florida deal. It was incredible. And then to sign Huberto and, you know, hopefully down the road they can sign Mackenzie Weger And, you know, just to get some depth in the organization as well. And then you bring in a guy like Kadri. And to be patient there too. I mean, this was a guy that a lot of teams wanted. And the price was probably a little higher than the Flames wanted to pay originally and a lot of teams wanted to pay. And, and I think, you know, the long terms of both these deals, you just never know what's going to happen to a guy as they get older, but I think they're looking for immediate success. And so they're, they're worth every penny in, in my opinion. Are they better? I mean, that's the, that's the debate everyone's having around town and most fans think they are better. I don't think they'll have more points than the 111 they had last year, but I do think that the, they'll be better prepared for the playoffs. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I was talking about this the other day to someone, and I said, you know, regular season-wise, I'm not sure, because I think there could be some transition time here. Two key guys, two key guys that signed long-term deals. Where do they exactly fit within the lineup? There could be some, some growing pains, if you will, early. So I'm not necessarily predicting regular season-wise that they're going to be the same. You know, they're transitioning with a new coach. But I look at from a playoff perspective, there's no question in my mind that this team has gotten better. You look at the size they've added, you know, in Huberdeau in particular, but Kadri, the way he plays and the nastiness he brings and the skill set that he has too. And, you know, you look up north, obviously, their one-two punch that they have up there, you, you probably give them the nod as far as, as depth down the middle, even with just those two guys. But, you know, Calgary added to their depth down the middle, and, and that's the big reason why, was to compete with the team up north and to give yourself the best chance possible. And, you know, try to deal with those two superstars. But, um, you know, it, I, I do think they're more playoff ready. You know, they got to get to that point, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think just the size they've added, the grit that they've added, um, they're a more playoff team than what we had, unfortunately, with Goudreau and Kachuk. And, and no disrespect to them. I just think these two guys are sort of a little bit more made for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, two two more quick ones here with Cass Campbell. Uh, Jacob Pelche, give me a percentage of chance that he will start the season with the Calgary Flames. Well, I think it's up to him, but I'm going to say 40. I'm going to say 40% chance. Uh, I think he really has to shine. And, you know, I think a young guy like that, you don't want to rush him. You don't want to put him into a situation where he's not ready for it. 
But I will tell you one thing. This kid is competitive. I watched a, a ton of the Stockton games last year, and he is competitive as they come. And, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him to, to make the team, but I give him about a 40% chance. I think the best thing for him is to go back down and get an opportunity to play here in Calgary with the Wranglers, be a little closer to the Flames team, and then maybe halfway through the season see where he goes. But definitely a great prospect, you know, one that a lot of teams were interested in. Anytime that, you know, the, the Flames organization were talking about trades or potential trades, you know, Jacob Peltier's name was always someone brought up by other organizations. So, um, you know, definitely a lot of potential, and, and I give him about a 40% chance to make the team. Okay, I like that number. Uh, tell me about the top line. Last question. You know, everybody's kind of debating who they think will play with Huberdeau and Lindholm. And I have to just add, you know, I had Daryl Sutter on last week and he said, we need to find out if Huberdeau is a Lindholm guy or a Kadri guy. So there's still a chance that Huberdeau will play with Kadri. But either way, assuming it's Huberdeau and Lindholm, who do you have on the right side of that top line? Well, I think two options, you know, Mangiapane sort of stands out to me as being option one. And I, I maybe throw a little wrinkle in there and say Coleman. And, you know, I, I just the way he plays on that side, a little bit bigger than Mangiapane, doesn't necessarily have that offensive upside that Mangiapane has. But when you're bringing in a, a new guy, he's a big guy in Huberdeau, I think just surrounding him with as much veteran presence, even though he's a veteran, just surrounding him with a little bit of veteran presence, um, you know, it's a long shot for me for Coleman. I think Mangiapane is going to be your guy off the hop. But to me, I've always liked sort of Lindholm Huberto as a pairing. And I've always liked a skilled, sandpapery type of guy, which you get in both Mangiapane and, uh, and Blake Coleman. So that's an option that I see maybe as some potential, um, although he could easily play with, with Backlund as well in that third, uh, third spot. But um, Mangiapane is probably my first choice. Uh, but again, they have a lot of guys that can be interchangeable. And but I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of sandpaper on that right side uh, if it if it ends up being Lindholm and then Huberto, just a guy that gets in on the forecheck, creates a lot of time and space for them to to do their thing. Because I think it could be a lot of fun watching Huberto pass to Lindholm because Lindholm can shoot off any side, yeah, he can shoot off his weak side, his strong side. He can shoot off a puck coming across his body. So I, I think the potential could be endless there. I think uh, it could be a lot of fun watching whatever happens over the next month or two uh, as we kind of figure out who's going to play with who. But anyway, thanks, Cassie. I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to seeing you down at the rink. Yeah. All right. And say hi to Milan for me and tell him to say hello to his wife, Brittany, for me. That'd be awesome. Okay. Will do. All right. Thanks. All right. Cheers. All right. That's Cassie Campbell. You know her. Sportsnet. You love her. And she'll be back, of course, with the broadcast this year covering the Flames. Um, as will I. So uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in just a couple of minutes with Milan Lucic. He's going to tell us about his summer and a whole bunch of other things that are going on. You're listening to the Eric Francis Show, and it's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bread racing every Friday and Saturday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino and at Track on 2 in Lacombe every Sunday. Thehorses.com, 18+. plus. Please play responsibly. We'll be back with Milan Lucic in just a few minutes. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, we're back for the second half of the show. And our guest just spent a sizable amount of time in Italy. That's 
while we're playing that music. And I have a very big question to ask him because I'm very concerned. Uh, I understand when in Rome, you do like the Romans do, but uh, our guest Milan Lucic, first of all, welcome to the show before I ask you a very important question. You there, Milan? Hello? You there, my friend? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. And uh, But I have a very serious question I need to ask you. I, I've been following your exploits all summer long as you went through, from Disneyland to Switzerland uh, and in through Italy. There's a video of you jumping off a bridge in Italy, and I think that's great, good fun. But I'm concerned because, and, and again, I'm older now, my eyes fail me. Were you wearing a Speedo? <laughs> no. You know what? It's just a shorter bathing suit. I think it's like a whatever, five inch, but you know how it is in Europe, right? You gotta you gotta show yeah. off some extra legs. Uh, <laughs> you know, especially especially as hockey players. We got we got some nice quads on us, so I was just you know, just trying to show them off. That's all. Okay. Fair enough. If anyone could pull off a speedo, I guess it could be you, but I, I get it. It's not exactly a speedo, but close to it. Okay, I wanted to confirm that. Um, how was your summer? I want, want to hear about it. You were all over the place uh, and, and had a great time, it looked like. It was uh, it was fun. You know, uh, we just uh, we went there with the family, uh, uh, with the kids. Uh, you know, got to see uh, – we did a tour of the Coliseum when we were in Rome, kind of walked around. You know, saw the Chevy Fountain and the Spanish Steps and all that, all that fun stuff in Rome. And uh, like you said, it was a lot of moving parts in our uh, in our trip to Italy and then through through Switzerland and and finished off in Paris. But you know, we did a lot. It seems like we did a lot, but we were only there for for two weeks. And but we definitely made the most of it. So it was it was a lot of fun. Um. You know, personally, I, I I had an injury in the in the in the Edmonton series where I, I sprained my SC joint, so uh, it's it's actually a pretty painful uh, injury. So I've been dealing with that all summer, but uh, but yeah, just doing what I usually do and getting into shape and, and looking forward to a great season. Interesting. When did that happen? Was that a hit, or how did that how did the injury happen? Yeah, it was a hit uh, with with Archibald. I think it was like game three or whatever it was but, but yeah it was uh for anyone that's ever had an sc sc sprain they they know how painful it is <laughs> okay and are you, are you all 100 percent back from that now or is that still got an ongoing pain issue uh it's 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 here and there but uh you know it's one of those things that uh that you take care of in the off season and and get to go uh get to go into the year okay um Tell me about the Coliseum. I was there a couple of years ago. I've been there twice in my life, and both times it was like, I don't want to say emotional, but it was it was powerful is probably the best word to say. I mean, to think about what went on there and just how old that building is, and it's basically the first great stadium in the world. Uh, was that a powerful moment for you or, or no big deal? Yeah, it was. I think it was cool to be in there. You know, uh, luckily uh for me and uh, as an athlete I've, I've i've been able to go into arenas uh, all over north america and, and to be in like you said one 
that was probably the first one uh, and is, is probably the most iconic one. It, I, I think you're right when you say um, it's just got this like feel, like you said, it's, it's powerful. And, and, and yeah, you're right when you say it almost hits you with this emotion. And it's also pretty cool to learn the history of, as, as, of it as well, you know, how they had gates and, uh, you know, uh, people would have uh, tickets and seat numbers and all that type of stuff. So it was uh, it was pretty cool to learn all about it. And, and and I'm sure you saw it too, just the whole underground of it and the way that it was built and uh, everything that they did there. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I got to, to finally go in there and see it and, uh, you know, and, and get to share that moment with my family too. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, tell me about the summer... We, we know about your summer. It was busy and a lot of fun. How about the Flames summer? Uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you your, your reaction to all the craziness that happened uh, over the last couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely a crazy summer, emotional summer uh, for, for I think, Flames fans and, 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 and everyone in Flames Nation. It's just, uh, it was one of those uh, crazy summers, but... Uh, you know, I, I think I think Brad and his team did a really good job of uh, you know managing it all. Uh, you know, he got a got a heck of a return for in the Kachuk trade. You know, uh, Hugo put up 115 points last year, and 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 Weger is a uh, you know legit you know top pairing, top four defenseman. So to be able to get those two guys in return for for Matthew was I think was a really Really good job by by Brad, and then obviously adding in um, Kadri with uh, you know him coming off the season that he had personally and the season that he had you know winning the Stanley Cup. It just adds it's just going to add to our team. So um, so yeah, it's just great job. I, I I made a joke to Brad. I said your summer was kind of like like Tiger Woods um, you know playing a golf hole where. He shakes his drive in the woods, but somehow scrambles and, and makes a birdie, and, and that's what I feel <laughs> like his summer, his how, how his summer went. That, that's a good analogy. Were you, were you guys kept abreast of much at all, or were you finding out all these different developments through the media like everybody else? Yeah, just that's. I, I think that's just kind of the world we live in now. Everything you kind of just. Uh, find out through media and, and word of mouth and all that type of stuff and uh, and and to be honest as a, as a as a as a player and as a teammate you don't you don't really want to bother guys as well you don't want you know you don't want to be all over guys and you, when when we're doing our thing in the summer we you know I just kind of let you know let guys be and and not be like hey what's going on with you here what's going on with you there it's not it's not one of those things you kind of just let guys. Um, you know, enjoy their summers, and uh, you know what? That's the sports world. It's, it's you know, guys have, you know, guys make decisions. Guys move on. You know, you get to play with new guys, and 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 for me, you're excited to be with the guys that you know that that are in your locker room, and and you know, I'm really excited for the new additions. Uh, uh, we got here last week, so just got to know him. Uh, throughout the weekend, and, uh, and and Huberto skated with us today for the first time here in Calgary. So, yeah, all, all great guys, and, and really excited for 
uh, our team and, and, and what we have to look forward to and, and, and heading into this season. Did you have many uh, conversations with either Goudreau or Kachuk about their future? Or is that not something that the, the players these days really show their cards? Or does everyone just understand it's a business and they're going to make their decision and it's none of your business? Honestly, that's that's what it's like. It's guys make their decisions, and and you know if they ask, you know I I, I try to give advice, but uh, but unless they unless they don't ask, I I usually you know like I said, I, I let guys be, and, and guys make their own decisions for a reason, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's 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 the business of sports. It, it sucks, you know, when you when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, it it does take a little bit away from it, but it's just the business side of sports, and and you know that's that that it is what it is. <laughs> We're talking to Milan Lucic. It's the Eric Francis Show every Monday, two o'clock here on Sports at nine sixty. It's brought to you by uh, Horse Racing Alberta. I am going to ask you this question. It's a bit loaded because I'm not sure you can answer any other way. But I'd like your thoughts on the debate in town as to whether or not your team is better than last year. <laughs> uh, you know what I, I personally I think I think we are you know on on, on paper like I said um, adding a adding a top four D man oh, adding a top you know two top scorers uh, adding depth with with Nas and um, you know in, at center and you know so those are those are two really really important positions. Is you know uh, your D man and your centerman, and obviously we have Markstrom uh, still between the. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that I look at that I say, yeah, we are we are a better team than we are uh, than we were last year. But you know, that's, it's, everything's on paper right now. It's about going out there and doing it and proving it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. On paper, I like I like that answer because. It all depends how everybody meshes together and comes together. Tell me about these informal skates. I mean, I've been down to these over the years, and I, I think people would be interested to hear a little bit what it's about. Is it literally just guys going out and cutting their legs? Or, or just explain to people how there is a little bit more structure to it than most people might think. Yeah, we usually have uh, – well, we got we got Barty Jelena running it for us right now. And, yep. yeah, he just – and it's it's just informal skates where we're just so that we're we're keeping our legs and our lungs and 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 staying and getting in shape and finding our hands and uh and yeah just just going through drills and 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 uh and all that type of stuff so you know it's nice having marty around because you know he uh guy who played for a long time guy who was always in really good shape he still is in good shape <laughs> and uh you know when you have him running it you know it kind of adds a little bit of structure to it. So, so yeah, it's just, it's nice to have almost everybody back. Almost everyone's here. And, and you know what, even for the guys that you don't know, um, you know, you get to know them as well in these uh, informal skates. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about the news out of Montreal today. Not, not that Nick Suzuki is going to be captain. That, I mean, that's, that's good news for them, but they showed his jersey with the C on it with an ad on it, an RBC logo in the top right corner shoulder. 
uh, at the front of the jersey. I'd like to, to know a player's perspective on where you sit in terms of ads on jerseys these days. Uh, it's funny. It's what it's like when you first see it. It's kind of it's new, right? So you're not you're not used to it, especially on a Habs jersey. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's an original six jersey. You're you're just used to it being, you know, a sweater. You know, it's just one of those uh, one of those iconic uh, jerseys. And to see an ad on it, you know, it's kind of like oh, that doesn't look right. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's. I guess this is kind of the same thing with the helmets, right? Like at the start, you know, when, when we had the ads on the, on the helmets, you, you know, it, it was something new and it was like, oh, okay, I guess there's ads on the helmets. But then after a while, you kind of just get used to it and you, um, I, I don't want to say you don't notice it, you know, you're just used to it. It's just there and you kind of just move on. And, and I mean, we just talked about business of sports. It's another thing that's business of sports that creates revenue. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my talk, my, my, my take on it. So uh, I'm interested to see what our, what we're going to have on ours. And yeah, it was, and I, I, I guarantee you after a little while, we're not going to even really notice that they're there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It is just jarring at first, especially with an original six Jersey. Uh, no doubt about it. Okay. A couple more questions with Milan Lucic. We appreciate uh, your time. Um, last season's ending, you know, it, it it was such a great season in so many ways. Uh, but like, you know, every other team in the league, except for one every year, it always ends with a thud. Uh, yours particularly for the team ended in a, in a massive thud uh, against your chief rival. Was it tougher to get over last year's ending versus other years? Or you've been through so many of these over the years, you, you just took it in stride. Uh, you know what? It is tough, especially, uh, you know, like you said, you lose your rival. Um, what's tough too is the way we played him in that series is very unlike us <laughs> and how we played the whole season. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like we got sucked and trapped into their game and, and, and we lost to playing their, we lost to them playing their game and we didn't play our game. So that's to me that's the hard part to get over, and also you know what you're, you know I've been fortunate that I've been a part of a lot of really good groups and good good teams and and all that type of stuff and you know I've I've been fortunate to to be to a final twice and win once but you know it's it's been nine years since I've since I've been to a final so for me you know it, it, it's it's hard to get over because you start to wonder how many kicks of the can you have left to be a champion uh, again. And for me, that's, that, you know, that's the biggest reason why I still play is, is to, to be a champion and, and, and to relive, uh, you know, to relive that moment. So, uh, so yeah, to let that one get away last year, the way that it did. And I mean, you got to give, you know, Edmonton credit too. They, you know, they played well and, you know, they beat us because, you know, they beat us. So, uh, but yeah, you know, for me, you just go into the summer using it as motivation and, and uh, come back, learn from your mistakes and, and, and try to get better. So no, no Matthew Kachuk, no Zach Cassian, but is there any doubt in your mind that the Battle of Alberta will still be uh, full of fury this year? Yes, I, I definitely think so. And, uh, 
you know, they, you know, they got some, you know, they got a sandpaper guy like, you know, like Evander and, you know, we added a uh, sandpaper guy like, uh, like, like Kadri. So I think they're going to still be, still be battles with just a couple different faces in it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Last question. I'll let you go. Uh, you're 34 years of age. And I don't think I've ever asked you, like, do you still want to play past this season? Your contract ends at the end of this season. You still uh, want to play after this year? Yes. Uh, I would love to play as long as I can. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing I love more than, than playing hockey. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I, like I was talking about, I play because I, I love the game and I love to compete and I'd love nothing more than to be a champion again. So, you know, that's, that's why I would love to play as long as I can. And, you know, I, I was fortunate to play with uh, Mark Recchi, you know, for, for two and a half years. And he played all the way till he was 43. I'm not saying I'm playing till 43, <laughs> playing until he was 43. And yeah. he always told us, you know, play until they kick you out. Play until they kick you out of the league because there's literally uh, nothing better than, 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 than being a player in the NHL. So uh, that that's one thing that he always said that, that sticks with me and, and like I said, I love the game and I love going to the rink and I love being part of a group. So I would definitely continue to play as long as I can. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Milan, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. I uh, look forward to seeing you down at the rink real, real soon. Well, I guess we'll see you at the golf tournament first. But how's your golf game? It's actually gotten better. So I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm liking it right now. Okay, good. Good to hear. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you down at the links uh, on Wednesday. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. There he is, Milan Lucic. He wants to play again next year. Who wouldn't, I guess? But you got to ask the question. Um, you know, sometimes guys get their bodies so beat up that they're ready. They're ready at the end to, uh, to pack it in, but he's not. Uh, that's interesting that he mentioned that he had a significant injury in the playoffs that he played through, that he was not one of the players we heard from at the end of the year um, talking about their injuries. Uh, but he said it was very painful. And um, he's, he's better now, but uh, it was an uncomfortable summer at times going through uh, the rehab sort of process with that. Uh, Cassie Campbell joined us in the first half hour, Milan Lucic in the second. And uh, the the discussion will continue, of course, with ads on jerseys. The Calgary Flames are expected to have an ad on their jersey uh, this year. I think most teams in the NHL, if not all, will follow suit. Why wouldn't you if the door was open? for you to start getting that additional revenue to pay for things and, and help recoup some of the money that was lost during the pandemic. I mean, that's how the, this door opened uh, in a very convenient way for the NHL to start with the helmets. And I don't think that bothers anybody anymore um, and, and, and move to the jerseys. And I know that will upset a lot of people at first, but I do think in time, I think Milan Lucic is right after time, uh, people will just accept it as long as they don't go too far and they don't start looking like soccer jerseys or anything coming out of Europe. And I think the NHL is going to be very cognizant to make sure that does not happen uh, at least anytime soon. And and the one thing I think a lot of people feel like, you know, some of the, some of the helmet decals, they fit really well with the color scheme. Uh, it's often, it's often the, the name of the building, that's that's the helmet to sponsor as well. They were given first right of refusal. But what I think bothers people is when the colors are wrong or off. Like I, the one that sticks out to me is PPG Paints in Pittsburgh. I think it's blue 
well, there's nothing blue about their their uh, uniforms in Pittsburgh. So, and and I think that that bothered a lot of people too when the the, the flag of Alberta was put on the shoulder of the Flames because there was blue in there and it had no space really for the Calgary Flames. But anyway, these are little things that people are going to debate over the next couple of days because uh, these jerseys are going to start to get rolled out on mass. Uh, I'm pretty confident over the next uh, couple of weeks. So an interesting one there. Um, all right. We'll be back again next week with the Eric Francis show. It's brought to you by horse racing, Alberta live standard bread racing every Friday and Saturday at century downs racetrack and casino and at track on two in Lacombe every Sunday. That's a beautiful facility, by the way, people pass it on their way to Edmonton. Check it out. Thehorses.com, 18 plus, please play responsibly. We do the Eric Francis show every Monday right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan goes from two to three o'clock. It's a magazine style show. We get two guests, one in the first half hour, one in the second, and we pick their brain on a whole lot of different things. I can tell you next week, a little sneak peek, Kenny Reed uh, from Sportsnet in Toronto will be here. Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody does a better Ed Whalen impression than him and or Joe Carberry. So I can guarantee you that next week we'll have a little Eddie, Eddie Whalen, a little Joe Carberry, and a whole lot of Kenny Reed uh, in the first half hour of the show next week. So that's a little sneak preview. Uh, you're listening to Sportsnet 960. The fans stay tuned for the best. Pat Steinberg. He'll be on your radio in mere minutes. Thanks for listening.